So two weeks ago, I introduced you um, to the model that we use for church life. And uh, I introduced you to the triangle and up, in, and out. And I said that up represents our upward relationship with God. And in represents our inward relationship with other believers. And out represents our outward relationship to a broken and hurting world. You see, up represents our intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In represents the way we do community with other believers. And out represents the way that we reach out to a broken and hurting world and make a difference for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. And so this morning, we're going to be looking uh, more closely at the in dimension. So let me just give you a roadmap for the next three weeks. So this morning, we're going to look at in. Next week, we're going to look at the out, dimension, the out dimension, what it means to reach out to a broken and hurting world. And then on October the 2nd, we're going to look at the up dimension, what it means to have intimacy with our Abba Father. And so up, in, and out. So this morning, we're looking at in. Okay, so how many of you tune into Hawaii News Now for your local news? Anybody here? Hawaii News Now? Yeah? I mean... They're on like every single channel, like we don't even have a choice anyway. They're on like three of the five channels, so we'll probably bump into Hawaii News now. And so I myself, I watch Hawaii News now. And um, I mean, it's okay, right? Stephanie Lum is a good communicator, but a lot of time the news is, is bad news, so it just kind of bums me out, right? And um, Jennifer Robbins is a good communicator, and the weather is okay, but I find it amusing that in Hawaii, we actually give that much airtime to the weather of all things. That's amusing to me. And then, of course, the one thing about Hawaii News now that I just, I dislike, I don't care for, it's this. It's the think about it segment. Think about it. And, and when I hear that, I, I just tune him out. Because in my opinion, the news should be unbiased reporting on the facts. And here's this guy who owns three three channels, and he's like giving his opinion on things, and I, I, just, I just tune him out. But there's one thing about Hawaii News Now that I thoroughly enjoy, and it's cheap eats. You guys know what I'm talking about? Cheap eats. Yeah, man. It's like when they say, I'm Hoggy, and I'm Augie, and today we are at we are at Sushi Bay in Kapolei, and it's cheap eats. I get excited. Anybody else get excited about cheap eats? Man, I get excited because I love local food. I love local grinds. Man, I just love local food. I, I think there's nothing like local food. And um, I think, here's my opinion. When we get to heaven, our first stop is going to be this great banquet hall where Jesus will greet us and there will be a, a spread of local food, a spread of local grinds. You'll see chicken katsu, curry rice, and kalbi, and miso butterfish, and meat jun, and full noodles, and pork adobo, and spicy ahi pokey, rainbow roll. And then we cannot forget yellow Thai curry. And Jesus, don't forget the sticky rice. Yellow Thai curry with sticky rice. Cheap eats. Local food is like the winners. And it wouldn't be, actually, when we get to heaven, I wouldn't be surprised if our first stop is a meal with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, the Jesus described in the Gospel of Luke 
he really enjoyed mealtimes. He really enjoyed mealtimes. Let me illustrate. In Luke chapter 5, verse 27, take a look at what the Bible says. It says this. It says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to Levi. And then it says that, Jesus, that Levi got up, he left everything, and he followed Jesus. Then listen carefully to what it says next. It says that, it says, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were what? Were eating with them. Man, Jesus is gathered around people and a meal. Levi, he's super excited about his new relationship with Jesus. And so he says, Jesus, I'm going to throw a party. And I want you to be the honored guest. You think Jesus is interested in that? You bet your chicken katsu curry rice that Jesus is interested. You see, the Jesus described in the Gospel of Luke, he really enjoyed mealtimes. Let me explain again. Let's illustrate again. Let's look at Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says this. It says, Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. This Pharisee says, hey, Jesus, man, we're cooking up some ono local kind grinds, and we would love to invite you over for dinner. And Jesus says, local kind grinds, shoots. And so Jesus reclines at the table. And so we find here Jesus gather around people and a meal. The Jesus described in the Gospel of Luke, he really enjoyed mealtimes. I can see that some of you are not convinced. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Okay, take a look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Take a look at what it says here. It says, And Jesus and his disciples were on their way. And then Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha lived. And Martha opened her home to Jesus. And so here we have the disciples and Jesus. They're on the road. And they come to this town. And in this town is where Martha and Mary live. And Martha, she's preparing. She's busy. She's busy preparing a meal. And then so she invites Jesus over. She says, Jesus, I'm preparing a meal. Would you like to come over to our home? And Jesus is like, what local kind? Grant shoots. And Jesus rushes over. You see, we find here again Jesus around people and a meal. The Jesus described in the Gospel of Luke, he really enjoyed mealtimes. You guys still look skeptical. That's okay. Let's keep going. Luke chapter 11. Take a look at verse 37. It says this. It says, it says when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited Jesus to what? To eat with him. So what does Jesus do? He went in 
And he reclined at the table. Here a Pharisee says, hey, we're cooking up some ono loco grinds. We'd love for you to come over. And Jesus says, shoot. And he actually reclines at the table. He takes his place at the table. Jesus is gathered always around people and a meal. That Jesus described in the Gospel of Luke, he really, really, really enjoyed mealtimes. Take a look at Luke chapter 14, verse 1. It says this. It says, one Sabbath, when Jesus went to what? To eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Again, we find Jesus here gathered around people and a meal. And then how about the parables that um, Jesus, um, he shares these three parables in Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, there's the parable of the lost sheep. And at the end of the parable, Jesus says, lost sheep found, rejoice, let's party, let's eat. And then the parable of the lost coin. At the end of the parable of the lost coin, Jesus says, lost coin, found, rejoice, let's party, let's eat. And of course, we know about the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Prodigal son comes home. And Jesus says what? He says, rejoice. Let's celebrate. Let's eat. See, the Jesus described in the gospel of Luke really enjoyed mealtimes. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. We make light of Jesus' attraction to food here, but there's more to it. You see, for Jesus, mealtimes build community. And community is the container for God's blessing. This is very important. Let me say it again. Mealtimes Build community. And community is the container for God's blessing. You see, we live in a fragmented and disconnected community. The structures of our community have been shaken. Urbanization of society did us some good. But with all the good that it did us, the urbanization of society also has caused great stress on the family unit, has caused great stress on friendships, has caused great stress on relationships. And the result is this. The result is individualism. The result is individualism where it's all about me, myself, and I. The focus is on self. The emphasis is on me, myself, and I. And in my opinion, we need to rebuild and reclaim community. We need to rebuild and reclaim healthy families. We need to rebuild and reclaim strong, healthy friendships. And how do we do that? Here's one way. Mealtimes. Because mealtimes build community. And it's in community that God is able to bless, pour out his blessing upon us. You see, eating together is one way to strengthen the family unit. Not in front of the TV, putting away our devices and actually 
talking with one another, eating together. It's one way to rebuild and reclaim the family unit. Inviting a guest over for a meal is one way to build strong and healthy friendships and relationships. So then, it really is no surprise to find Jesus gathered around food and people. In fact, Jesus modeled mealtimes so well that his disciples and the early church actually got it. They got it right. If we fast forward and if we look at what happens to the early church after Jesus dies on the cross and after Jesus ascends to heaven, what do we find? What do we find the disciples and the early church doing? And that's, that will say a lot. And here's what we find the disciples and the early church doing in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Listen carefully to what the disciples and the early church were doing. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And it says, all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. And then all who believed were what? Were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And then it says this. I love this part the best. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread from house to house. And what did they do? They ate. They ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And then it says, day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Isn't that amazing? The disciples and the early church were doing what they saw Jesus doing. The disciples and the early church were gathered around people and a meal. I would love and I would be totally stoked if our church looked something like the Acts 2, 42 to 47 church. Man, that would be so amazing. In the classic movie, The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy is on this journey, and she's on this journey to see the king of kings, this wizard, he's, he, uh, this wizard, not the king of kings, a wizard. <laughs> and along the way, she meets some friends. She meets a scarecrow, a tin man, and a lion. And it's a long, and it's a treacherous journey. And they do this journey together, together. And we're also on a journey. We're on a journey to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And on, on this journey, there will be seasons that will be treacherous and tough. And we'll need one another. We'll need one another to celebrate the joys of life as well as to weather the storms 
of life. We will need one another. And some of us will try to do it alone. But the Bible says don't do it. Don't do it alone. And I mentioned Ecclesiastes chapter 4 two weeks ago, which is two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they should fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to lift him up. We need one another. And so my hope is that we'll make some strides toward looking like an Acts 2, 42 to 47 church where genuine love and concern for others is at the heart, is at the core, is at the center of these relationships. Where they gathered often in each other's homes, where they shared meals together, where where they worshiped together and prayed together and studied the scriptures together, where they encouraged one another. As we move into our second month as a church family, I'd like to intentionally focus on moving in this direction. And to facilitate that, um, we're going to be starting some ohana groups in the next couple of weeks. And I, I'd like to encourage everyone to try out, to try out an ohana group. And so what's an ohana group? It's a small group of about three to eight, nine, ten people that gather, and it's usually in a home. And we're going to experiment with gathering maybe once every two weeks. And it'll be for about an hour and a half. And so what can you expect? What will you be doing in this hour and a half? Well, one thing that you'll be doing for sure is this. You'll be eating. You'll be eating local Oh, no, grinds. And most likely, it'll be a potluck where every family will bring something to bless others. And then what will we do with the rest of our time? We'll probably talk about the sermon and how it might apply to our lives. We'll go deeper and study the scriptures. We'll pray with one another. We'll encourage one another. If there's one thing that I would love to encourage you to participate in outside of Sundays, it would be this. It would be a small group. When I first accepted Christ in 1993, the first thing that I did was I joined a small group. And I can probably honestly say that if I did not join that small group, I might have not been a follower of Jesus Christ. That's how important I think that small group was to my walk. You see... I really believe, I'm a firm believer that it's in small, group, small groups where vital relationships are built. Where you'll receive encouragement and support along the journey. And where you will receive the most spiritual growth. This is where growth in the Lord happens. People ask, how do I grow in the Lord? Here's one way, ohana groups. So in your bulletins is this a half sheet and it says ohana groups at the top. I'd like you, for you to take it out, and I'd like to encourage you to fill it out. And then once you're done filling it out, we have some pens back there. You can fill it out after service or during service. And once you fill it out, 
feel free to just drop it off in one of the baskets back there or in the tithe basket when we collect our tithes and offerings. And we'll just kind of gather all your responses. And then we'll get back to you. And we'll see if we can start some vital small groups, some vital ohana groups. Because we need community. We need one another. The end dimension, living in community with others. So vital. Amen.